guys, it's Pragya and Charlotte, and welcome back to the Breakout Room Podcast. Today we're talking all about how you can create the perfect schedule because honestly, a good schedule will make or break your first year, so this is not something you want to mess up. We're going to get into why you need to make sure you choose your schedule wisely, and we'll briefly introduce some of the topics we're going to go deeper into throughout the episode. So some of these topics include choosing the right professor because honestly, your professor makes the class and you want to create balance in your schedule. We'll teach you how to do that. And we'll also talk about how each class affects the other one. So if you're struggling in one class, you'll have less time for another. So you want to learn how you can balance it all. We also have a lot of resources that are very useful in building a good schedule. So keep on listening. We also wanted to share this message to all of our listeners at UC Davis. Enjoy the best of student life at Seoul West Village, a UC Davis off-campus housing option located just a few minutes from campus. Seoul offers one, two, three, and four bedroom apartment options which come fully furnished with eco-friendly appliances. Schedule a FaceTime tour with them today through their website. Current leasing specials are $300 off if you sign for a private room and $500 off for a double-up room. They'll waive your application fee and security deposit for anyone that signs a lease within 48 hours. Be sure to check out their website linked in our description and follow their Instagram at Salt West Village. Our first tip is to not only plan out your schedule for this year, but also for the next four years. It's okay if you don't have exactly what classes you're going to take every year, but you should at least have an idea of what you want out of your college education so that you can align all of your classes with your goals. Mm -hmm. If you're studying a specific track, like pre-med, pre-law, or pre-commerce, like us, you probably want to take all the specific prereqs that are needed. Yeah, you need to get all your prereqs out of the way because you only have a specific time to take them before you just can't take them anymore. And you don't want to be, like, panicking and, like, not getting those prereqs in before. So you need to schedule those. I didn't specifically plan out my four years but I did plan out my first two years with my prereqs so make sure you do that you don't want to be panicking and having to take summer classes because you didn't plan it out properly yeah you don't want to be panicking halfway like Pragya and then having to take calc over the summer but it all worked out in her favor we're trying to reduce the stress for you guys because we know your first semester already has you already have a lot on your plate And you're also paying for your classes, so make sure you get the ones you really need out of the way first. I would really recommend using your prereqs as building blocks. So, like, listening to Praga's advice on how she planned out her first two years and all the prereqs she needed to take, she used that as building blocks. So you want to lay those as your foundation. You want to figure out how you want to use those prereqs and space them out. You don't want to take all the similar prereqs at the same time. You want to kind of diversify your options. Like, you definitely don't want to be taking a science, like, two sciences together. That's just not the smart move. People already know, like, chem is really hard in college and things like that. So be smart about that. And then once you figure out, once you space out your prereqs throughout your two years, you can figure out what classes you want to build on top of that so that you can create a well-rounded, diversified schedule. Also consider taking prereqs that fulfill multiple tracks first, just in case you decide to switch your majors so your classes won't be wasted. Um, I know that if you end up taking all the prereqs for one specific major, but they don't apply to another major, and then you realize you don't like that major anymore, like... That's literally what I did. 
yeah take the most basic ones first that like can be applied to a lot of different things also i don't think prereqs have a specific order so just keep that in mind like yeah you'll hear people say you need to take this one first but honestly i think that at the end of the day your prereqs are all grouped together when you're being considered for either that special application or grad school or things like that um so it's not a like it's not that big of a deal i wouldn't put that as your first priority in picking classes yeah also make sure you guys look at the intersections between classes there's a lot of ways you can combine different interests like how charlotte was saying so i took this class called philosophy of healthcare yeah it was the worst class i ever took but like at least i got a philosophy credit out of the way <laughs> yeah even though i'm not pre med anymore i actually took I took a bunch of random classes because low-key they were like known as the easy classes which ended up being one of the harder classes I've taken because they switched professors but you know it's okay it they ended up being one of my favorite classes because it was just so interesting and I didn't even know they fulfilled my humanities requirement for pre-com so that was pretty sick that's good but our point don't listen to us because I think you should figure that out before like you should not be surprised you should know they're fulfilling credits and that should be why yeah. you're doing it. yeah I know you guys are going to be stressing out and stuff but if you just plan it out like it shouldn't be stressful yeah, like, I didn't know these tips when I was going in. I was just kind of so lost. Um, I thought it would be, like, high school scheduling, which is nothing like it. High school scheduling, you don't really have the freedom to pick the classes you want. Like, you kind of go in, and the counselor tells you which ones you still need to take, and you take those. But in college, the course list is just insane. I know. So, it's, like, a thousand classes on there. Yeah. And you have, like, full control on, like, what you want to do with it. Mm-hmm. So obviously planning is super important to me and Pragya. Um, when we plan our schedule, we like to create a base schedule and also create alternatives to it just in case anything happens. Enrollment week is hectic. It's crazy. You do not want to have the stress of realizing your classes are full and then having to scramble to find some other class. So always have backups. If you plan it out correctly and you have different plans then you'll be set to go Um, my personal favorite app is google calendar i feel like i've said this so many times on this podcast but it is literally the perfect scheduling app it syncs up to all your devices so convenient for college i can get notifications so i like get reminded of classes i have to take um not that i would forget in the middle of the week i feel like (laughs) i don't know why you would forget but (laughs) um I would personally test out your schedule on one week. So just go to like a random week and plug in your schedule. Um, It doesn't have to be perfect, but just like play around with it and kind of see how everything fits. And it's nice because you can drag and drop the blocks around. I think it's a great app to use. But then like this app is amazing because I would say that it's the best app for long-term use. So once you do decide on your schedule and it's like, fixed and you've enrolled in all your classes and these are the classes you're going to take for the semester you can schedule those in permanently basically um i would personally color code each class so that you can place all the assignments that are due also in the corresponding color so everything's super organized and you can also use the feature on google calendar where you can schedule that specific class for the rest of the year into your calendar 
um, you can do like weekly, bi-weekly, it, you can see those functions on Google Calendar, but it just lets me be able to not have to rewrite those classes or replug them in every single week, which is time consuming. I feel like I would rather spend the, my planning time planning out my assignments and things that are due instead of the classes that I know I should go to. Um, mm -hmm. Like I use this feature not to remind myself to go to the classes, but so that I know how I'm going to build my daily schedule around these classes. Like I will know that I can't plan a meeting during that time. And I know I won't be able to use that time to do homework for my class basically. Yeah, I like to do the same thing. I like to schedule those chunks of time so I know like what I have going on that day. When you look at your Google Calendar and it's just assignments, you don't realize like how many classes you have, how much free time you have. So I do recommend doing the same thing that Charlotte said. I just didn't use Google Calendar to schedule my classes. I personally used Corsicle, which a lot of schools use, and they already have all the classes built in for you. So you just enter the name of the class and you can put it into the, your main schedule or like you, you, they have like alternate schedules. And then you can also put classes like beside each other if you need to pick just one for that time. So I use that just for scheduling. And then once I had my schedule, I synced that all up into Google Calendar and made that like my forever schedule. Yeah, I... I've used Corsicle before. I think it's a great app if you're like not into whole, the whole hassle. Like um, Google Calendar is more for m people like me who want control over every aspect of their planning, which like for me, that's super important. But Corsicle is a great option. The only few things I would say that like why I chose not to permanently, not per like I don't think Corsicle is a permanent option, but the reason why I chose not to use that one was because they have a new feature now, which is like kind of cool. You don't you don't have a login. It like automatically syncs to like your computer. Like, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It, but whenever I delete browser history or all like the cache and everything, it completely like deletes my account. Oh, yeah. And I do that pretty often just because like I want to clean up my computer and stuff like that. And also I know that sometimes they don't update in time. So just mm -hmm. being well. I personally don't use Corsicle anymore, but I did use it the first semester. So I recommend you guys use it the first semester because I know you need to have like at least like 20 classes and stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it gets a lot during Google Calendar, but I do think Google Calendar is a better way to go like after your first semester. Yeah. And there's just so many websites out there available for you. You can honestly even like handwrite if that's what you're into. Like if you're in the whole bullet journal thing, like I don't have time for that. That's not my thing. But you know it sucks yeah. when like the class is full and you have to like erase it and like put it on the I could never do that. I would panic. It oh, that just scares me having to think about like erasing people who bullet journal do it in pen. So I don't know how to not mess up. Um, that's crazy but also there's like some apps I feel like I haven't tried it out I like saw it in a YouTube video and I couldn't find it but if you guys can find this app let me know but I know there's ones that exist where you can plug in all your classes and then your sleep time and you can figure out how much free time you have left which I think is kind of cool oh like, my god I love that yeah like you can see how many and then you can like keep plugging in things like this is how many hours I want to do homework. And then it can show you like your time left and you can put in oh, your free time. That would help so much. 
Yeah, you can basically see how exactly the breakdown of how many hours you are using for each specific thing, which I think is incredible. So our next tip is to have a good mix of classes. Use these Use your classes to explore and determine your true interests. We're all about finding our passions in this podcast. Um, and a great way to do that is through classes. And so I think the biggest thing about this is like, obviously don't take all hard classes in one semester. I know that a lot of you guys are very smart and you guys did really well in high school. Um, but like, don't try to convince yourself you can do it. Because first of all, it's college. Classes might not always seem harder, but they're different. Like, I don't, like, do you know how to explain it? Like, not all of them are harder, but they're just taught differently. Yeah, you don't want to take a lot of similar classes all at once and then get overwhelmed because, like, two or three of your essays are due. Like, you want a good balance of, like, essay-based classes, lectures, or, like, more interactive classes, and then, like, more math-based classes. You need a good balance. Mm-hmm. And you, during your first semester, you're going to want to take advantage of all college has to offer and you're going to want to have fun your first semester. And you really need to take that time period to also figure out all the adulting things that are going on in college. So having a lot of academic stress placed on top of that is just not a good thing. Like we don't want that stress for you. You're going to have so many areas of stress you've never even thought about in college. And they're just like, it's not just academic stress. So balance your classes out. Um, Also, don't take all easy ones because that's not a good idea either, especially if you're applying to a program later on in college. Like for us, the business school um, is during your junior, senior year that you you have to apply to. So They can see if you picked just easy classes. I think that if you can figure out their easy classes, they probably will too. So just keep that in mind. Um, It shows that you're not willing to take initiative or that you're not willing to take the leap and challenge yourself. So just be aware of that. The best thing to do is take classes that are not easy looking, but they actually are easy. Yeah. Like you know how to do Mm -hmm. them. Like, you know you can handle that workload and it's not a lot. Well, just, like, just use your strengths to your advantage, honestly. Um, Like, you know what you're good at, so do that. Yeah. (laughs) And also be aware that your classes might change after your first week. You might go there and then realize it isn't for you. Like, oh, the professor is kind of wonky. Okay, that's not the best way to put it. But, like, sometimes you just don't vibe with them. Like, they're just not it. And maybe the class dynamic is just not your vibe. Um, Sometimes, like, I would say mix up your smaller and larger classes. But if you have, like, too many of one kind, you might feel uncomfortable with that. And you might be like, yikes, like, this isn't what I want. So you can always switch around your schedule. Um, So just keep that in mind. I know that we always say to schedule and plan, but also leave room for changes like that. Yeah, make sure you have some alternatives and they're open because... Me, me being stupid, I decided to take biomechanics of organisms when I wasn't a bio major and it was a 3000 level class. And like, it's okay to take a 3000 level class in the humanities area, like, and make sure you get a couple 2000 level classes because in humanities, those aren't that different and you can like handle it. But in science and math, there's a big difference in the knowledge level that you need. 
So I decided to take that. And then I got in there first week. I didn't know what was happening. They were mixing calculus and like physics and biology all in one. And I was like, I cannot do this. So I tried to switch out of it, but there was nothing else available. So I was just stuck in it. So keep that in mind. That's literally the worst case scenario. <laughs> Yeah, that's it worked out in oh like goodness. the end, but I did have to de- dedicate like a lot of time to that. Like I'd have to read the textbook all the time and just like do homework for it. But if you're gonna, if you think that a class might not be it for you, like that's okay. Just make sure you have some other way for you to go. Yeah, I dropped out of my class like too late to replace it with anything, but I was like, I was still at the minimum credit to become a full time student, so I was like chilling for the rest of the semester and I don't regret it at all I think that sometimes you just can't handle a class like yeah it's like some classes are just going to be too hard for you and you're going to have to admit it and just let it be and you can keep going like it's not the end of the world don't panic um like yeah you're you're gonna get bad grades sometimes it happens in college if you were a straight-A student in high school, that's not happening in college. It's just not Especially possible. Especially if your school does, like, minuses and pluses. Those are the worst. I think a lot, most colleges do minuses and pluses. Like, for us, an A-minus is 92, around 93 to 95, and it's already yeah, a Yeah, literally seven. some classes, like, don't do it until 95. Like, are you on crack? Like, I need to get a 95 to get an A. Like, I will get an A-minus, which is not a 4. It's a 3.7. Yeah, that's great. I think it should be at least a 3.8, like a 3.8. Yeah, I just don't understand. <laughs> they did this for what? And um, you might think your GPA doesn't matter, but let me tell you, it does. So It matters a lot. Yeah, I think especially for us, like we're applying into like different programs that that's a huge yeah. factor. And a lot of you guys are also applying into stuff like pre-med, pre-law, and also just in general, you don't have a lot of experience, so your internships and your employers are going to look at that too. Yeah, it goes on the top of your resume, like, I don't know, maybe the fourth or fifth row, they're going to see it. I went to yeah. a recruiting event, and um, he was like, we don't hire first years. I showed them my resume, they saw my GPA, and they're like, oh, actually, um, we see that you could probably succeed in this, and then they gave me an application. So, you know, it happens, so. You don't want people to not pick you just by looking at your GPA. Like, that's the first threshold in, like, getting Mm -hmm. in somewhere. Like, they won't even consider your application if you don't even have a good GPA to begin with because you know you don't have the work ethic and, like, the intelligence to, like, get good grades. (laughs) I wouldn't say intelligence. (laughs) I wouldn't say intelligence, but they know if you can't handle that kind of workload, but then, like, maybe you can't handle what they have. I also think that college is super reflective of the work that you're willing to put in. I've seen a huge dramatic difference in when I'm willing to put in the work and the hours. Me too. Um, and then seeing the results, except for my math class, because that class just sucked. But um, yeah, it's okay to fail, though. Like, you know, it's okay. It's college. Yeah. Don't put that much pressure on yourself. Just have a good balance, like we've always been saying. And I would, another thing about this, I would say, is to take unexpected classes, like look on your catalog and pick classes that seem interesting, like genuinely interesting. Um, I took a gender studies of Italian film class and a Russian culture class, 
and both are some of the best classes I've ever taken, and if I didn't, like, randomly pick them, I would have never known that. It's a nice break from all the prereqs that are kind of all around the same topics if you're, like, on the track to um, study something specific, and then all the prereqs will probably be around the same thing, and your prereqs are sometimes boring because you are going like it's just drilled into your brain but if you take interesting classes to balance it out that can be cool and it can also help you figure out what you want to minor or double major in which I think is super important because you need to have a wide variety of skills and knowledge we definitely recommend looking into creating your personal like combination of majors minors and things like that because a lot like when you're competing against a lot of people for the same job or the same grad school or the program, everyone's going to have the same prereqs, right? And they're probably going to have similar majors. If you're a med student, you're probably all going to be majoring in like biochem, biochem, or I don't know. I'm not pre-med, wouldn't know. But um, I would say that if you're like a bio and political science major, like that's pretty sick. Like, I would want to hire you because I would, first of all, I would know that you can bring something unique to the table. You can hold genuine conversations about that. Like, that's cool. And I also know that you're willing to take the initiative to pursue something you're super passionate about, even if it's not related to your major. And as an employer, I, that's someone I want to hire. Yeah. For sure. You always need to have a good balance of like majors and minors and those classes and then the core classes that you have to take for the college and then just electives. And the second major slash minor really helps because you need to set yourself apart. So I do I would say like if you're trying to double major or minor or something, don't do it in the same areas like yeah, it's going to be easier because they have some of the same requirements, but it's not really adding much to your advantage if you major in like biology and chemistry. So make sure you try to get a field that like could help you in the future that's not specifically related. You want to you want for it to add something new. Mm-hmm. And we also want to point out that it's okay if you don't know what you're majoring in yet. Like you don't need we, to we don't know. Yeah, you like, we know generally, but you know, there's a lot of things that go on, things change, things happen, there's uncertainties, and you just kind of, I don't know, we've learned to accept dealing with the uncertainty, but the way we do that is by actively taking steps to figure it out slowly. We know that it's not going to come to us the next day, the next hour, the next minute, just like randomly. We know that's going to take effort like we're doing things to help us figure these things out and we're we suggest you guys to do the same you shouldn't just sit back and wait for it to come to you you're not going to suddenly wake up one day and be like I want to major in this and not even know one if you're good at it because I do think that you should be at least good at your major you know if you're if you like it but you're not good at it then I don't know like what you're gonna do with like as your career but um it, like this was a, this would be a perfect option also to double major like something you're really good in and something you're just passionate about like that's a cool combination too but what we're saying is four years is kind of short so you know put in that effort 
try to figure it out at least or try to seek out people who like the career center or someone who is willing to help you figure those things out you're not alone in this you don't have to figure it out alone there's so many resources available for you it's up to you to take those to your advantage another point that we kind of touched on before that you guys should really focus on is picking your classes based on the professor instead of the specific class name the professor really makes the class so pick them wisely we use rate my professors or sometimes different colleges have like different websites they use so use those read the reviews I would say read the reviews and see if the professor promotes thinking and the sharing of thoughts like if he doesn't welcome your ideas then the class just isn't worth taking make sure your professor values learning and not just teaching The professor went to school to learn how to teach, but only a few know how to promote learning and genuine interest in education. So teaching is one-sided. Like he can can give you the material and talk at you all he wants because he's getting paid or whatever. But if like someone who encourages learning is someone who actively is pushing you to think and participate in intellectual discussions that will like advance your education tremendously, like they they're rooting for you. You want those professors on the sidelines because they are the people who will push your education and your career forward. And look to see if they're open to office hours and not just office hours for academic questions. See if they're willing to have coffee chat or lunch and just have genuine conversations like they can be your mentor. Professors are going to be some of your best resources in college. You're going to ask them for recommendation letters. You're going to get career advice for them you're going to use those as connections. They can lead you to more academic people or people they know in specific career fields that will help you advance your career. So they're super important in your life. You want to make sure that they're good people that can possibly become your mentors and people who will genuinely root for you. They know what you're going through because they were there too at one point in their lives so if they're willing to meet up with you and help you it will literally make the class like the best thing in the world yeah and it's okay if you can't get a good professor but now what you need to do if you don't have any option or you don't have any reviews to go off of like you need to put put in the work to make sure the class works in your favor like go to office hours and build a connection so you can be more interested in the subject And the professor is more interested in your growth and understanding of the subject because he doesn't know who you are. So you have to go and build that connection. Yeah. So our third tip is all about scheduling your classes. Make sure you guys don't take any 8 a.m.s or any classes after 6. I personally used to get up at like 5 a.m. every day. So I thought I would be able to do 8 a.m.s because... Like, I used to go to bed early, wake up early. But it's not like that in college. You're going to want to hang out with your friends later. You're going to want to do work later because that's just what everyone around you is doing. That doesn't mean that you should take 8 a.m.s, though. You can still wake up at 8 a.m. and, like, get your day started, get ready, like, do some work, maybe, like, write your to-do list or whatever, like Charlotte does, (laughs) or, like, make your matcha tea. (laughs) But... I don't think it's a good idea to have an 8 a.m. class. I had three. I would know. I was a morning person. Like, just I'm a morning person in the sense that I need a strong morning to have a great day. 
So I know that mm-hmm. I need at least an hour from the time I wake up to the time I walk out of the door to do all my routines, my rituals, my habits to have, like to set myself up for success. Probably makes me wake up at 7 a.m. to record these episodes. We record them in the morning because um, it sounds weird, but if we record during the day, we're too hyper and we talk too much. Probably and I talk way too much. Yeah, and then, like, we get into fights. Yeah, like, after a work day or whatever we're doing that day, I do not want to sit down with Pragya and stare at her face all day. (laughs) 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 But, like, if we wake up in the morning, we're just, like, so happy and, like, excited Mm -hmm. and, like, we want to, like, get it done. It's just, like, a different dynamic. So that's why I like to wake up early, but um, it is a struggle. I wake up at 7 now, and it, it is a struggle. I can't imagine doing it every day. Also, I don't something about college is that having to wake up early makes you not want to wake up early more. Like if I have the weird thing is I had classes at twelve. Yeah. That like, is I had so classes true. at twelve PM or three PM, but I woke up at five during those days because I was like, I'm gonna go to the gym, do my laundry, do my dishes, clean, vacuum, do my homework. Like I was willing to do that and I it didn't feel horrible. I was just like, Yay, like great day for me, super productive. But if I have a class at 8 a.m., hell no, I'm not waking up at 5. I will wake up at 7.55. <laughs> I know, guys, I kid you not. Like, that is so true. I never thought about it like that. But after that 3, 8 a.m. a week, like, I have stopped being a morning person. Yeah. Um, so, um, but like, don't do it. Yeah, but, like, I would never wake up at 7 a.m., but because we're doing this podcast and we love doing this, like it, like, we're able to wake up at this time. But if it's class, nope, not doing it. <laughs> um, but honestly, if you don't have a choice, I would quite frankly choose to take the earlier classes because if you're taking them at night, like past 6 p.m., you're going to miss out on a lot of things that take that take place during the later classes. Imagine if you're taking a class at 6, you're probably going to miss dinner with your friends, which is sad. Um, yeah, that's not a good way to like go. Yeah. Dinner is like a pivotal point in like making <laughs> friendships <laughs> i would say that dinner is super important because everyone's just so busy during the days that having that one meal together is so important and i would say also club meetings are during nighttime a lot of my friends well not many friends just one friend in particular um she's scheduled her classes like specifically at like six and seven for some reason and she couldn't join a lot of clubs because like the club meetings the weekly club meetings would like clash with that time and they were like if you can't come to this meeting then I don't know how you can yeah. do this club mm-hmm. so keep that in mind you also want to make sure you take like how long the classes are into consideration like some of the classes are kind of offered for 50 minutes some are for an hour and 15 minutes and then summer for like two and a half hours I personally can handle one two and a half hour class a week but you don't want to schedule too many of that because like you have to sit there and really focus so if you have a shorter attention span I don't recommend that you do that but I personally like it because I can just get that class done all at once without having like breaks and stuff so keep that in mind and the next point is to decide whether you want back-to-back classes or kind of spaced out classes so 
the first thing you need to do, I'm sure all your orientation leaders would kind of tell you the same thing. Take the walking distance into consideration. You might have a 10 to 15 minute break between classes if you're doing back-to-back classes. Like, make sure you can walk in that time. And it's not like, okay, like, this class is 11 minutes away, but I have 10 minutes, so I can just run. Like, don't do that because it takes a long time to, like, even get out of class and always traffic and you there's a lot of things that happen so make sure you don't do that and then make sure to also schedule time for food and for day scheduling balance day-to-day workload we did this first semester i get overwhelmed and tired if i have to work a lot on days that i have classes it's just not productive for me i just want to go back to my dorm and just lay there before my next class because i'm so tired from the class so what I've been doing is splitting my workload between days. So I'll, I'll schedule majority of my classes on either Monday, Wednesdays or Tuesdays, Thursdays. And then I have the opposite days to work or sleep or like get other things done. I also try not to schedule anything after 3 p.m. on Thursday. So I kind of have like a four day weekend and I can just get all of my work done and relax on some days. So I think that just kind of works for me better. Yeah, Praya gave a lot of great points, which I totally agree with all of them. My personal tips would be to try to leave one day off for no classes. Um, she kind of briefly talked about this, but like instead of me doing like Monday, Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursdays, I just try to have one day where I don't have any classes or maximum of one class. It's so nice when this day is in the middle of the week because it's like a nice day to do laundry or catch up on my homework. It's nice to just leave off the weekend to have fun and then maybe Sunday to catch up on the work for the first half of the week on the rest day I can do the rest of the work for that week so for me I had Tuesdays completely off my first semester and then the second semester I had Fridays completely off the Fridays was pretty nice because when we went out on Thursdays I could sleep in but um yeah that is not happening again. (laughs) My schedule this semester is going to be horrible. We've already signed up for classes and it's just not looking cute. Um, But yeah, I wish I, I like wish I have those reset days again in this upcoming semester. Yeah, I still have one. I'm sorry for you. (laughs) I'm so sad. Wait, which day is it? Thursday, Friday? Yeah. And then Thursdays end at like one or something. All right, so let's briefly discuss the waitlist because everyone is so scared of them. So usually waitlists will work out in your favor and most probably you will need to be use it at least during your first semester. So the classes that get full and you really want them, instead of just like forgetting about them, put them on the waitlist and then enroll in other alternatives, preferably during the same time. And you can just switch them if you get into the one you really want. And you will have like 15 or so credits that you can put on the wait list, which is a lot. So use it. A lot of classes will free up once the older students start messing around and then your college itself like opens new spots sometimes. Um, if you don't want to decide later that you want to be on the wait list and the wait list is already at 100 people by then, like you're not going to get it at that point unless it's like a huge class. So thank you for listening to our episode today. We hope that all of our tips were super helpful. We know we gave a ton and we just threw a bunch out there for you guys, but we really wish we knew these tips when we were going into college. So we thought that you guys might too. And definitely follow our Instagram at the Breakout Room Podcast because we will be releasing a full list of resources and I'll be posting that super soon. So definitely stay tuned for that. 
And we also have a super exciting announcement next week. So you need to follow our Instagram for that because we will be announcing it there. Um, it's going to be epic. We're so excited for it. So stay tuned. And make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts if you enjoyed our episode because we love reading them. Yes, nice reviews, please. We don't welcome negativity in our lives. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.